Hey, thanks again for tuning in to yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. We are in actually the uh, the first week of December 2019. Uh, me and Les had to take off for this past podcast for this week, so we missed out on an interview or discussion with Dennis Blair, a very funny guitar comic. And uh, this this week we're actually going to pull up an old one we filmed way back uh, in in, uh, in June with Lynn Kopitz, our headliner. Very funny comic from New York. Uh, she actually opened for Louis C.K. when he was in town. And uh, very seasoned from New York as well. And our other comic, our feature comic of the week, Jason Salmon. He's also from New York. Both these comics are hilarious. They know what they're talking about. They've been through it all. And uh, please, give it up. Lynn Copletz and Jason Salmon. To the conversation. <laughs> One. Yeah, we're live. You can hear Justin yelling in the best. Les McCurdy. We're in the green room again here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater, The Conversation. And once again, uh, this is as close as we can to catching the natural conversations that comics have in the green room. It's not an interview. Except we do have mics in front of us. <laughs> we face. do. I mean, we, that, do. You know, yeah. we do have that. But you're hearing the show in the background, and and this is what's going to go on as uh, uh, through the show. And uh, sitting across from me, Jason, and and Jason's our feature act this week. Uh-huh. And we were just saying, for I said, and I couldn't remember. Is it Salmon or Salmon? It's Salmon. Like, Salmon. Like better call Saul. Better call Saul. That's Salmon. how I do it. Yeah. So that's Jason Salmon's voice right yeah. there. <laughs> when you hear that, and uh, and is this your second or third time back? This is the second time. Second, second time yeah. back. Great, yeah, great. Well, I heard uh, you had a great time last night. Yeah, it was fun. They were a fun crowd. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. we had the bikers in the audience. Oh, did we really? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Man. My facial, old bikers or young bikers? Oh, old bikers. Old facial bikers. Facial hair to the floor. Oh, man. Bikers. I'm wondering if that there's a couple that's been coming in from ye- for years, I reckon, and uh, they're from Green Bay. They're from oh, Wisconsin. Yeah? Really? And uh, <laughs> oh, and both of them have had cancer. Yeah. They both beat cancer. They both they both beat a lot of things. They're I'm tough, sure they have. Tough as nails. Yeah. You know, they're them kind of people that live in Green Bay and walk around shirtless. in sub-zero weather shirtless and give a shit. And they're, they're great. They're great people. That's you know? great. All right, cool. Yeah, they were fun. They are a fun crowd. Nice, nice. Have you Had you met Lynn before at all? I had uh, I had not no I had, I knew of her like I she's I remember seeing her when I first was like watching comedy mm-hmm. so yeah wow yeah it's it's been, no oh, it's crazy so, so like so like she's been a part of my comedy tapestry right, it's right. not like I've you know like followed her specifically she just wow. happened to be one of those comics I had a half hour or something and wow. it was just one of the first things I saw so nice. it's funny. So yeah, that's nice. That's always. But she's key. great. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, yeah. You know, over the years, you know, people come through New York all the time, and that's where I live. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you see. So everybody. you're in Manhattan. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And Lynn is too. She's yeah. Right yeah. Down, she's down in the village. Uh, right. Yeah. I know that because she does that bit about about the rape me bit. Yeah. Has she done that one? I don't think she did that one. Uh, oh, it's oh, it's the most ballsiest bits. But when she does it at the cellar, she'll tell everybody where she lives. Yeah. And it's always like, you know, I can't remember how it is. It's, it's something about, you know, women are worried about getting raped or whatever. And 
She's, she's like, ah. She goes, I'll rape a rapist. I remember she says, I'll yeah. rape a rapist. That, that is a funny bit. I and then that. she tells where she lives. Yeah. And then yeah. she leaves the window cracked open yeah. and shit like that. It's, 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 I go, God, that's It's a really great bro. bit, yeah. It really yeah. is. It yeah, really she is. is. She's, a, she's aggressive. I like that. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. She's one of the few comics where I was working security, and this was a real problem table. And they were right up front, and they wouldn't shut the fuck up. And I yeah. walked up, and she literally pointed at me, and she goes, "Nope, I got this. You go hang out in the corner." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Okay." And she goes, "Nope, I don't. I don't need you. Just go." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and she just ripped them to shreds over and over again. It was yeah. amazing to watch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I didn't absolutely. do anything. That's <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> do you work at the cellar at all? No, no. I'm uh, on my way trying to get in there, so that's uh, yeah. It's my next step. might be helpful. I know it. That's <laughs> true. That might help. This is the podcast that's going to get you this through. This is the one. To the cell. I know it. Because they all that's listen good. to this for sure. I'm sure they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you eating there? This is a spinach salad. All right. I needed, I needed some rapids. Yeah. Yeah. There's a restaurant right around the corner okay. called Mediterraneo. Okay. All Italian run. Food's wonderful. I eat over there a lot. There's a lot of good restaurants in this area. Oh, I walked God, through man. it, man. I was just looking at menus on I'm just Who we got we got all these people moved down here retired and stuff. And they right. got money and they don't I know. cook. I know I'm walking through down by the Whole Foods mm-hmm. over there. And I'm just walking by, and I'm like, this is clearly a group of New York people who moved. Yeah. Because, like, their their selections, this looks like yeah. an yep. Upper West Side street. Like Absolutely. A market yeah. Of just each restaurant. Like, there's your Mediterranean, there's your sushi, right. there's your Italian, Absolutely. there's your Chinese. Yeah, no. everything. No, when you come down here with my accent, I'm the outsider. There you go. There's no doubt about it. All right, that. I'm right with you. You know, the old... Uh, you go far enough south, you move north. You get you north, know? yeah. And, uh, absolutely. But it is. It's like you know, I used. To, I remember when we first started booking the club. We we first opened the club down here thirty two years ago. Yeah. And we had started the comedy catch up in Chattanooga. Okay. Yeah. Got it started, and then and then left, sold it to Michael Alfano, who owns it to this day. And uh, so, I tried to book some of those southern comics yeah, down here. Yeah. And I mean. I've got a, I mean, to people down here, I have a heavy, heavy southern accent. accent. Yeah. yeah. To Tennessee people, I do not have a heavy southern <laughs> yeah, accent. Yeah, it's true. Because you get these guys coming down here, and they're talking like this so rod here, buddy. And, they, and, they, and these are the comics. Yeah. Come, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'll tell you there, right there. <laughs> and, and I mean, the audiences are, they're, they're looking, they're staring at them, wanting to like them. Right. And right. going, I, got, I, can't I got no fucking idea. I don't, I was blue. <laughs> and so what this guy's even, I, I'm catching, it's like they're listening to somebody who's Scottish or right. Irish. It's like my girlfriend watching The Wire. Yes. She's like, I don't know what they just did. It's <laughs> <laughs> a thousand questions. No. <laughs> Why did they kill him? Yeah. Why did they kill him? I don't know what, they said a lot of words. I didn't understand any of them. That's hilarious. That's the best analogy I've heard yet. So Where are you from originally? I'm from Texas originally. Mm. Yeah. So I've got the whole Texas hook. What part? Uh, Dallas area. Oh, okay. My whole family goes west, so it's just like Dallas is the most metropolitan. Yeah. And then it just gets flatter and drier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I've 
I've avoided ever making that drive from one end of Texas to the other. It's I crazy. understand it's it's you it's think crazy. it'll never end. Yeah. yeah. No, I when I was in college I went to a spring break at South Padre Island, which is at the southern tip of Texas. And we met some guys from uh, Wisconsin and they said when they hit the tip of Texas, the northern border of Texas, they were halfway there. That's how far that oh, is. Oh shit. That's how far that That'll is. That'll put things in perspective. Yeah. And that's going north to south. That's going north Isn't to south. Bigger? Yeah, east west to west. East to west. If you hit if you hit the tip of that <laughs> of one end, it's, I think it's about the same. Yeah. North to south and east to west. Forever. Forever. That's crazy. Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah, back in the day there was that bunch that came out of Houston. Uh, yeah, like Bill Hicks started. and that Hicks crew. And yeah, Ron Shock and yeah. Carl Falkenberry yeah. and Jimmy Pineapple and Brett Butler and Kennison and you know they all yeah, came out right. of that area. And you know over the years it's like I really, it's like of the Texas comedians, it seemed like they mostly I, most of them were out of the Houston area, yeah. not out of the Dallas area yeah. for some reason. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I mean, that just happened to be, I mean, especially that stretch of time, man, it just be, it was like a boom in Houston. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you started doing it? No. Started in New York City. Oh, did you? I went up there with an engineering job, hated my job, and became a traveler. Nice. <laughs> nice. Do so you have yeah. an engineering degree? I do. <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> For my parents. Yes. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. They're How good. Uh, thirty-eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You still got, you still got time. No, I had your, I, your look, parents are like he can still change. <laughs> I know. They know. They gave up on that. That's good. That's I got good. them to give up on that. That's the greatest thing I've ever done for it's them. The first break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, I started out as a comedy team. My buddy Ken, and that's why he 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 had a, a a degree in education and special education. And he was already successful, yeah. a principal of a school for yeah. handicapped children and a workshop and all this stuff. And then he got into the comedy. Oh, his parents were just distraught. <laughs> there was no way they could wrap this around yeah. their heads. You know? I, I got into acting first. And Me I, too. And yeah. I told my parents that I quit my engineering job and got a job at an internet startup. Because I knew that they knew so little about technology that there would be no follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked, too. They're like, oh, all right, well, That's good. exciting. <laughs> That's it. Right. It was great. Uh, oh, man. I eased their transition. Yeah, I, I got it. I, I, I flew. Uh, I'd been in and out of college, and then I fluked into the acting department. Did you? Yeah. And ended up with a theater degree. And then, you, you know, know. And, then, and that was 1980, 81. Yeah. And so as soon as I got out was when all the comedy clubs started opening there you up. Go. Between 81 and 86, right in there. And so I was just right place, right time. And right. it was a way, it was just a way to make money. Yeah. You, you, right. know, you know, acting jobs weren't steady. Yeah. And this comedy thing seemed to be a steady paycheck. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. had a car. And, uh, so, and I'm, yeah. the, I'm the flip side. I make most of my money acting mm -hmm. because I do a bunch of commercials. Nice. And so, so the comedy stuff really can supplement that, which is great. Nice. You know, so it's good. Y'all carry on. I'll, I'll do ten or fifteen and bring you up. Okay. You know, twenty-five, thirty. Right Sounds good. Time. Sounds good. Thank you. That would be a funny way to like measure 
your career is like, oh, what, what stage are you in? Like, oh, my parents just now are accepting that I'm not going to do anything else with my life. So. I think I think you can with a lot of parents. You can measure it that way yeah. easily. Yeah, I have a joke about that where it's like my my dad uh, doesn't support me at all. Like, why? Because he's a good father. Yeah, that's right. why. Because yeah. he needs you yeah. to fly or fail <laughs> yeah. on your own. He still believes in me. Right. Like, that's my good. mom's super supportive because yeah. she's a terrible mom. That's, <laughs> it's true, man. It's. Uh, I think up. my mom always said, she said, look, you never asked me for money. Right. And that's why I never worried about you. Right. So, I mean, exactly. and I and I always work like crazy. Right, you know, right. Because we never had... You know, we weren't rolling in money ever. No, no. So I always knew that that was on the that was part of the program. You know, I think that's so important for not just comedy for anybody. Like you got to feel the struggle. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's got to be you got to have a certain um, level of desperation. Got to in right. there. It's got to be in the mix. I remember somebody told me an anecdote about Bill Murray. Right. One time he said, he said I worked at this bar. And they didn't, they didn't pay me much at all, but they gave me free alcohol, and I will never forgive them for it. Right. Because he said, I got comfortable. And he said, right. that is the worst thing you can do as an That's artist is to yeah. get comfortable. Complacent. Not in your art. Right. You know? Right, right, right. And um, it's, it's true. There's, there's, a, uh, there's Bill Murray right there, a picture <laughs> of Bill Murray on the mirror. I was like, did I just invoke that, or is that a real thing? <laughs> did I? Did I summon him? You invoked Bill Murray. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. How, I don't know my the true <laughs> level of my skills right now. You just can't say his name three times, otherwise. <laughs> well, you appeared in Posters. the mirror. Yeah. I mean, that is that is. I mean, it's almost hack appearing <laughs> in the mirror at this point. You can't even write that. Yeah. I mean, come on, uh, Bill. Funny. Yeah, you gotta have something. I think otherwise, yeah, you're not gonna be pushed to. You know. Yeah, I think There's I think no way. that uh, the the fear of failure can can have a lot of different effects on you, but if you're if you're at all driven to succeed, yeah, it's going to have a a movement forward. Yeah, and that that movement might be in a different direction than you thought was forward. Right, right. You know, but sometimes you can't plan it at all right just, and right. that's the thing i don't i started doing comedy because i had done everything else i had acted i was right. in, i was doing improv i was doing an improv show regularly really? with an improv group in new york city i'd done sketch and i had done i'd done tv i'd done commercials i'd done everything at that point and i i thought you know what if i'm gonna perform be a performer in new york city i should experience what it's like to be on stage right. with no one else but me responsible for what happens. Right. And I was like, all right. So I tried it and I sucked. You really? Awful. Awful. The great thing about New York, though, is when you go to an open mic and you're awful, there's probably at that open mic someone who is not just awful but borderline insane. <laughs> so you will not be the worst. Right, you might right. be one of the worst, which right, I was. Right. Actually, it, it was an awful open mic. <laughs> I chose the right open mic because I'm like, well, I'm not the worst. I mean, there were a lot. Right. There were a lot of people a lot of who people. I'm like, this is not good at all. Right. Um, you know, had I gone to, I mean, there are open mics that if I, that I will periodically go to open mics now and, and I would say 70% of the comics are, 
have really funny ideas at the very least. You know? Right, exactly. Um, and, and, but the one I went to, I would say maybe one. Wow. Maybe one was serviceably funny. Oh. Wow. And and maybe. I can't recall if there was one. Right. You don't even remember. Yeah. And I mean, in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, oh, that was a garbage open mic. That was just right. one of those open mics. Because in New York, there's so a many. bazillion open mics. You could go to seven, eight open mics a night. That's crazy. Yeah. Which is, but the great thing about it, and that's more than there was when I started. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but when I started, you could go to a lot in a yeah. night. And the great part about that is you could just work your material. So I would I would go to Texas when I first started, and I would try to find an open mic, and they had like one almost every night. There were probably four open mics during the course of a week. Oh, and okay. so I would go to like two of them when I was home for a long week or something. Yeah. And I would see some people um, – who I had seen the last time I was around, but I was significantly better than them. Just from going to New York. Just from going there. That's and crazy. and now I go there and I headline, and right. they are still doing open mics. And it's just like, it's because I accelerated. Everything I did was accelerated. Right. I mean, Which the other thing is, when sense. you do shows in New York, you're doing shows. There's a guy who has a half hour on Comedy Central and a guy who has an hour on Netflix and a, oh, <laughs> and yeah. a woman who's, right. you know, I mean, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, the, the competition level is insane. You so. never feel like you've arrived in right. comedy in New York City because there's always somebody who you look at and go, oh, that person's better than me. Right. I, I need to work harder to be better. That's good, though. It's great. It's great. It's, I mean, you never, because, because the, fact is, good, the fact is, right. you never will for every year I get under my belt so does every yes. good comic that's got 10 years more than me exactly you know and they're great for a reason you know and that, that's the thing we shouldn't be trying to race anyway though like, no and that's the thing is yeah. is it forces you to do two things one is say it's not about passing people right it's about continuing to get better exactly because if we all continue to get better this just gets better and comedy you gets know? better and comedy is better yeah and so it, it forces you to acknowledge that, and then every time you see somebody, you're like, but I need to get closer to that <laughs> yeah. than I am, you know? Yeah, you don't want to go the opposite direction. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it does. I mean, there's times that I'll there's times that I'll go on the road, and I'll have a great weekend somewhere, and then I'll go to New York, and I'll, like, go to do material somewhere, and the guy before me, I hear his material, I'll be like, oh. Man, I gotta, I gotta get better writer, you know. Yeah. And it's, and then there's other, there's other times I go up and I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, that yeah. was really, I'm getting, I'm moving, you know, you can yeah. sense it. But it's, yeah, it's constant, and it's the struggle of it that forces you to, you know, blossom. It's a pressure cooker. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a pressure cooker. I think that's why the whole Houston scene boomed at the time it did, because you had so many people in that same scene who were just like. You're going and watching them, and you're saying, "Oh, Brett Butler, she's amazing. Oh, Bill right. Hicks, he's he's killing it. Sam Kinison's doing this." You know, you're looking at all these people, and you and that helps a ton. Yeah, I mean, you can motivate from within, and you have to have some element of that because right, as a sure. comic, you're going to be doing a lot of stuff solo. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't hurt to have competition no. ever. and you know collaboration sometimes that's also a fun thing that happens too. collaboration you know? yeah, camaraderie some some level yeah yeah 
and it's uh, push it, each other. Yeah, I think I think that's a great thing that comedy gives. That yeah. you know, I mean, even though you are competing in, in a, some way in yeah. a basic level, because you know you're sort of competing for spots, but then you know you get to a point when you're not even competing for spots anymore. Yeah, like I'm competing to get spots. Right, exactly. Uh, with people because I'm not at the top of the New York comedy scene by any stretch, by but. Any stretch, yeah. You know, there's people like Mark Normand and right. uh, you know Gary Goldman who they get spots whenever they want to get spots. Just walk in. <laughs> you yeah. know, they can they can do that. I mean, right. they they have to get booked. You know, in New York, you it's you know you don't necessarily just walk in unless right. you are you still have to be famous. Right. Exactly. Like famous, famous to walk in. And Chappelle. Yeah, they Chappelle walk can in. walk in. Yeah. Chris Rock can walk in. Right. Jerry Seinfeld. But they can work walk hard in. to get there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. That's the good um, part. But yeah, it's it's a it's a great scene. Yeah, the proving ground. That's why you just don't see that in Florida as much. It's so spread out. And it's, it's hard. I mean, to it's get hard. Out. I mean, there's nothing in America that compares to it. It's no. the mecca. I mean, I would I would put Chicago maybe, and L.A. right behind it. And Chicago works in in the same sort of way that it's a much more compressed. But L.A. is like spread way out. Yeah. So when people go to L.A., it's a, a great place if you're doing well right uh it's sometimes can give you a lot of like false comfort when you're not doing well <laughs> new york gives you zero false comfort especially when it takes you three hours to drive nine miles yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean that's just yeah and, it, and you also in la it's tougher to get to a bunch of different spots in a single night yeah that doesn't make it you know that doesn't make it a bad spot once you get there no. but it's just like you know in new york uh, sometimes You'll do five spots in a night, and it's a great night of comedy, and you're working through material, and you're doing, you know, and you really, you do all these spots, and you get a ton of work done, plus you get paid, plus plus you're you're doing what you love to do as a performer. And it's all, like, relatively set up for you, too, it feels like, like, the transportation. Yeah, well, it's the infrastructure for travel through New York is great, you know. You, you're rarely... You're rarely more than an hour away from from the next spot, and oftentimes it's more, especially if it's in the main city. Sometimes you, I've done times where I've done spots on the same street. Like you know, you you have three spots on the same street. You know, see that's awesome. And then sometimes you have multiple spots at the same club. So, yeah, some comic was trying to explain to me like the feeling you get when you've been when you're up for the third time in one night yeah like you're hit this like flow state almost I'm just trying yeah to, so i've only ever done it once but it didn't really count so i was like i was hosting two shows and i had to host an open mic yeah i, I was hosting the whole way through but i, I did feel like the to be honest with the third show i was kind of like like just exhausted i was a little over it well like, a little a little bit too though that's part of it is right. you're just like this is i'm going to work right i'm exactly. you know and that's part of the thing is you is that sometimes when you're on stage you're so basking in the fact that you're on stage and people are listening to you yeah. that you can yeah. get, and, and that that an element of that still plays in your head yeah Forever, forever, you know, a little. Yeah, that's what you know. You more involved, so, the probably. newer you are, and right. and, and as you age out of that a lot. Right. But there's still components of that where you're just like, hey, this is sort of cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, the more you can make it be you on stage, having fun, performing, but also doing work. Right. The more productive that becomes. But yeah. when you do three, four, five sets in a night, it's really hard to not sense it as work. 
right exactly. uh, by the fourth and fifth spot at the very Just least no matter yeah, yeah because you are you are doing reps yeah um and you know then if you do that regularly you start to like really make use of that in between time and making notes and changing jokes right. and, and you'll probably if you know if you're doing it right you'll have one joke if you do five sets in a night you have one joke that you do five times five different ways right and by the fifth time it is a much better joke than it was the first time so on a single night you right. made magic out of words right you know? and that and that same like structure would take you a month pull off in florida <laughs> yeah, like it would yeah, i it mean it really would i mean it just is it's a focused like intense yeah. practice right you know where it's just hard to get that if you're not doing that kind of reps yeah it's not that you couldn't it's just like it forces the intensity of it right you know it's just like you watch you watch the maestros of music, and when they sure. practice, they don't just sit there and tweedledee and no. you know, play around like I would if I was <laughs> right. tweet on a guitar. And I, in full disclosure, I'm a terrible guitarist. Um, well, so yeah, but, that, but for the reasons you just cited, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like when those guys practice, they can they can do more in ten minutes right. than I could do if you gave me two hours. Right. Exactly. As far as getting better, they can right. get that much better from where they are right exactly um which, which is, is crazy which is insane yeah. than i get from where i am which has a huge ceiling <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, exactly like i'm still in the in the bottom of a well somewhere as far as where i stand there right man that's crazy though yeah i had this idea that i was trying to do here or was like once a month i was trying to get the club involved there's this one restaurant it's like right down the street it's really it's like perfectly set up for like a room for yeah. comedy and then there's one right above this place actually and it's like upstairs and it's, it's not as good but it's, it'll be good for like a late night spot yeah, yeah. and I wanted like once a month it's like the comedy crawl yeah so we had three different shows all uh working like different times so that yeah. if you really wanted to you could make every room right and then just have it one night and then like somebody was telling me it's like impossible to pull off and like you have to get like three hosts, you wouldn't there's make a, money off of it. And there's all. a documentary coming out. There's a yeah. comic in New York that did, I think he did 30 spots in one night. <laughs> oh Jesus! And yeah. it's it's the record, right? Because I think the previous record before that was like 13 right. spots in so one night by Steve one. Byrne. Oh, okay. Um, this Steve guy's Byrne. name is Aaron Berg. Okay. And so he like set it up where he like hit spots, did thirty spots in one night. That's crazy. <laughs> and it was crazy. Um, and he was just like going from place that. to place. Um, That's yeah. Exhausting. Remind me, I'll get the uh, I'll get the info for that. Uh, That's, That's a great they, idea. They just did the they just did the trailer for it. I don't know how when it's coming out, but I it mean, was, it was a year or two ago. Just two to years. S- ago. Just to like schedule it let alone having a film crew mm-hmm. let alone like yeah. that's that's impressive yeah to say the least like even it's, if it, you know it's crazy and of course you have to do it on a weekend because you gotta hit you gotta get early spots you gotta get multiple right. spots at same clubs you gotta do this this, this you know go that's up the crazy. east side go up the west side go go yeah, and you can't down, do the same downtown, room downtown, i'm guessing the village you know yeah yeah. Well, you, how yeah. how early are shows in, the, in New York sometimes? Uh, you can. There are some shows that are as early as like five in New York. Holy shit. Sometimes, not always. As a rule, if you're doing house shows, they don't start till like seven or eight. Right, right. right. At a given room. Um, 
but like you have rooms where you have like hybrid shows okay. uh, which are like you know you have it's sort of like a lot of the people are open micers and then like two or three are booked comics oh, okay. and they have audience come in like junk like that oh. um, and then a lot of people produce shows there and so if you're going to produce shows on a weekend you have to produce them before the regular shows start yeah cause so you're you have compete. five o'clock and six thirty shows so you have people having happy hour type shows right yeah, yeah. um which which Fine, sometimes though. pull in a lot of people to a room so you know and an interesting crowd i'm sure too yeah, so I mean, I'm sure that he really, uh, yeah, I'm sure he really worked the numbers on that. Uh, yeah, you have you to know. plan that out. You can't just like follow me and see if we can make it. <laughs> I have no idea when I'm going. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast. I used to have it like where like this was all closed off, so it was real hard to work, walk around, and like I have I have comedians like ducking underneath the thing <laughs> and like army crawling across the floor and oh shit gosh. and I'm like and then they would get all the way there just to figure out he's doing another bit and I'm like I told you <laughs> yeah it's gonna be interesting <laughs> that's the weird thing about it is I've been doing comedy long enough that when I go to a club that I haven't been to in a while yeah like getting to the stage is right. like for the first night or two is always the most nerve-wracking part. Once wow, I'm on yeah. the stage, it's like, okay, now yeah, I can goes do away a little what bit. I, right. <laughs> yeah, he's going to fuck up. Now I, like know, I know how to work this, <laughs> but yeah. the door, the yeah. chair, all those things. Yeah, because this is like one of the few clubs where you enter like from behind the stage. All right. I'm yeah, ready. I think you're ready. All right, man. Have a good set, man. Let's come back. Where's uh, Lynn at? She just running a little bit late? She might be sitting in the back of the room. No, she's got her dog with her. Oh, okay. So she wouldn't be in the back of the room, I don't think. <laughs> Service dog. Yep. She, it's her It's her emotional support dog. Gertie. Gertie. See, Gertie. Just because she sent me a text. And she said, because this whole podcast is her idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so she sent me a text. She goes, can my mom... And Gertie be in the green room during the podcast. I go, absolutely. Yeah. Talk to both of them. Right. <laughs> we'll talk to both of them. Absolutely. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. Unpredictable. Good crowd. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break. All right. Yeah, we'll go see what's what's going on over here. Yep. We'll be back. Yeah. We're back. We are back. Nobody knew we were gone. No. Not really. It's the power of editing. Lynn Coplitz is here. She's our headliner. She's she thought of this whole idea, of that she of uh, she's she's actually she has she has an emotional support dog. I'm not sure which emotion she's supporting. We don't know that yet. We can't wait to find out which emotion is being supported at this point in time. I'm gonna bet that this dog supports multiple emotions. Am you know, I, there, am there's I correct? no better way to get somebody to come over to the microphone than start talking about their mental health. <laughs> <laughs> I think she really needs that dog. <laughs> you're not, you know, they say that you're not allowed to ask people what the dog's for, but no one ever says you can't just comment on what you think the dog's for. <laughs> no, no, exactly, exactly. You can just. I'm pretty sure she's got all kinds of problems. <laughs> she needed that dog a long time ago. Oh man! Yeah. Um. But you know, backing up a little bit, th- this podcast called the Conversation was your idea, and what it was was the last time you were here, I told you that I, 
I do a series of things where I actually interview a comic after the show on stage with the audience that just saw you and you went, I won't do that. I wouldn't go back. <laughs> you go, I ain't doing it. I ain't go, I went going, once I leave stage, I'm not I'm going not back, back out there. <laughs> Hell no. No, that ain't happening. And then you said, wouldn't it be cool, and I've never heard of anybody doing it, if the green room where the comics was just mic'd? And they're just, you're just catching as much as you can their normal conversation. Now, here you're saying, I'll bet even though they know they're mic'd, they'll forget that they're mic'd, you know, and just talk. So that's what we've tried to get as close to as we can with a mic in front of your face. And we've had the most wonderful conversations in mm-hmm. here. I mean, really. I think that, I think it's a great idea because, like, at the Comedy Cellar, how many times has that comedy seller's table been on in the movies all over the place? The, like shows being based around that table right. where we all sit while the show's happening and just talk to one another because that's where the real crap happens. And there's right. something fun about getting everybody's different take on the audience and everybody's different take on, you know, making fun of each other. Well, you know, even too, what we, what I find, what I've found in this green room over the years is. A big chunk of what we talk about is not comedy. It, yep. It's about whatever's going on in your life. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. It's usually about why I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> my poor mother's here too, and I know she's 73 years old. There's nothing, nothing like having the headliner scream at you in the car. Lynette. <laughs> She doesn't want to talk. She's nervous. Okay. She, well, when you get on stage, we're going to put her on microphone <laughs> and oh, see what God. really and see what the day really was. She's you only drinking all. Coke, so we're okay. <laughs> get all the stories. She's so going to say she's playing got, her stupid video game. My mother said to me, "I can't." I, I said, "Look, it's a design home game. It's like <laughs> where you design fantasy rooms." And right, stuff. right, right. And my mother's like. I said, help me pick out a rug. And she goes, it's not real. And I don't understand why you even want to do this. I find it boring and banal or something like that. And I said, I have to go perform for an hour. It is mental rest. And then she didn't know what to say. She was like, yeah, you know what, all right. It's a form of meditation. Yeah, it's how I'm calming down. Nice. What was that, Sims or something there for a while? It's kind, this is kind of like that. Only, that, only right. it, it's with like real home decor. Yeah. They decorate oh, okay. these rooms. You'd love it. It's really fun. My, well. But you'd end up buying, you know, you, what would happen is Pam would end up oh, saying, of oh, let's get this. <laughs> oh, we just. Because you can really buy this stuff in real life. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Well, we just, over the past year and a half, we just remodeled our house to get it just, you know, just us, make it a fun house, do it, you know. Got it, and I mean, it, it's only been maybe three or four months. That Are you going to try and bring that ugly and chair back? Pam, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I can't. Your ugly gesture chair, you it's, know that. It's ugly on stage. Chair. It's still on stage. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> of course. Pam McCurdy has so much taste and style, <laughs> and then that ugly gesture chair. I love that gesture chair. You know I do. You know I do. It was like it was made for me and I found it in a consignment shop in Fort Myers. Of course you did because yeah. some other wife said get these motherfucking chair. Some other wife already Their threw it out. Their all over all over Southern so, so chair started in Minneapolis. Yes, it made like its way to Someone Fort said it can go to your Florida house. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Oh man. Some dope in uh, Indiana. Absolutely. <laughs> said, no, this is great because Richard Pryor was from here. Get rid of this fucking chair. Right. Um, listen, HGTV, before... So that like this game's like an HGTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. 
It's you could fun. do it while you were watching yeah. HGTV. Sure you could. Absolutely. Just feel like a big loser. Wait. <laughs> this um, one question. My dog, because you already said my dog was here, right? Yep. Um, there's, and not that I think this is true. I just want to make sure there's no rat poison or roach poison nope. or anything she could eat. Okay. No, no, uh. nothing, nothing, nothing that she can eat that would harm her that we know of. Okay, that's fine. As far fine. as that goes. We've had, she's not the first animal to be back here. Or We've pee on the own. floor. She walked in and peed right on this place. She did. She marked her territory. <laughs> she so sniffed around. my green room. <laughs> she sniffed around. She was like, don't worry. I'm not the first one. Uh, Freaking John Lovett's dog was in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. You're exactly right, John Gall- Lovett's Gallagher's, dog was in here. Gallagher's ferret or whatever that is. It doesn't feel like he'd have a dog. Service it feels ferret, like he yeah. some weird. Some yeah, weasel of some kind. Weasel yeah. for, no, that's what's his name. Who? I don't even know his real name. It was just a diamond. Uh, uh, oh. Screech. Screech. Oh, yeah. As a weasel? Who knows? Weasel. It's been a long time. We had just. He does comedy? We, we, oh, he does yeah, stand up? Oh, yes. Yeah. He has threatened many a club with his yeah, act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, we had him once years ago. Yeah. I think everybody tries Screech at some point. I love time. to follow him on the road because I always end up with a bonus. <laughs> like, it's always like, and we're gonna give you some more money <laughs> every time. And I'm like, what's this for? Being you. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we had Paulie Shore for the very first time, um, and you know, it's like he called me. He just called the office one day, and Braun was like, I think she goes, sounds like him. Paulie Shore on the line wants to talk to you. It's like okay, and of course his voice is just as Paulie Shore as you can imagine. Oh yeah, and. Did and he do an act or did he just do his credit? That's he, what he well, yeah, that's right. Well, he said he go, he goes, "Why have I never played your club?" I said, "I don't think anybody's ever called." You know <laughs> what I mean? I said, "I don't know if he got an audience down here. Maybe I don't know. I don't know." You know, so let's try one nighter. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm cool with that." He and, draws. And I, he sold out two shows. He draws. And I was out of town. I said, "I'm not going to be here." And my staff was like, "Everything you don't accept couldn't have been sweeter." Everything was cool. I mean, like, He's nobody a nice had a bad word to say about Paulie Shore, you know. And, you know, if you like his act, you like his act, you know. I mean, it's an acquired taste. That some acts are, you know. But. I am. <laughs> Last night I saw some lady, and I said, I, I know you're bored. <laughs> I can see it on your face. She said, no, no. And I said, it's all right. It's still light out, so I'm just getting to know y'all. Calm the hell down. <laughs> It was funny. Oh, she was funny. She was just, you know, some people just have a puss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. they'll look at you and like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It's like, good God. <laughs> it's like that old thing, as you know, is those audiences. Somebody, I've heard this over and over. The people that sell a lot of merchandise after shows, and you'll get that crowd. It's just like, God, I might have to work my ass off just to get anything out of this group. And then they sell more merchandise. Yeah. Right. After that show, and everybody's coming out and saying, "What a great time they had!" And we yeah. Go, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, I used to sell a lot of merch. And one time I was in Chicago, and I was trying to sell like Chicago. They'll buy anything. Like that's mm. what people don't know is that we know places where they will buy. Like Florida is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But Florida, they have to like you. Chicago, they'll just buy anything. <laughs> and um, and I used to do a joke about lollipops. So we went to the dollar store. Bought up all these lollipops and put them on my headshot. That's back when I had a real professional. Now I'm just like, what? Just take a selfie. (laughs) (laughs) 
the smallest amount of enthusiasm about everything in my life. What do you need? <laughs> well, we like to audition you for a movie. Oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but anyway, so um, a guy went by me. I was just telling a story the other day, and mom, I don't even think you've heard this. And I was, he walked by and he looked at the headshot and the lollipop, and he goes, "I don't want your crap," and he oh. just gave me a twenty. For real? Yeah, like, oh, like, lollipop? I was, like I was, he gave me 20 for nothing. <laughs> like I was a panhandler. He's <laughs> like, you need this more than I do, sort of thing. That's weird. Good set. We, we, we just heard it. We yes. just heard laughter. <laughs> That's we, good. All we, we didn't hear any groans. We yeah. didn't hear anybody. <laughs> we didn't hear anything weird. That's good. And, uh, no, they were fun. And Lynn said she, she uh, very much enjoyed your show last night. Good. It's good. Excellent. Excellent. I forgot to ask you about the so, light. What is the? Uh, oh. Is it a? Is it a five-minute light? It generally is. Okay. Yeah. So all right. He generally gives you a five-minute light. He'll give you whatever light you want. Yeah. You know what? I didn't. Uh, yeah. It's funny because I came in and. And uh, the uh, 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 the clock that's right. up there, he turns it red. Right, when I there's see. five minutes left. Oh, is that what he does? Yeah, he'll, okay. he'll throw I, it I red. I saw it go red, and I'm like, oh, man. Because right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought I saw him light, and I thought, well, I'm right around like the three and a half, four, and then I saw it go red, and I go, God, what have I done? <laughs> you know. So I didn't mean to shock you out of the. No, no, no. You were yeah. good. You were good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got 25 to 30 for me, so, you know, you're, you're fine. <laughs> and the clock's up there. I mean, I love having that I know. countdown, uh, you know, kind of clock. It's one of those wild things. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice it until I think I was uh, five minutes in or oh, last five night? minutes away. Like five minutes away from uh, him lighting me. Oh, okay. When I first saw it, I'm like, what is what? <laughs> Has this been here the whole time? Oh, last <laughs> night. Just, yeah. Oh, he's supposed to tell you it's up there. No, it's funny because I it, it was just one of those things where I was talking to him about some other stuff. Right. And we got that's that's the problem with being a comic. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get off on this tangent and you'll never come back. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. that happens with a business transaction type thing like it was like last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would have helped me to know a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, eh. <laughs> Oh, well. I've been living my life basking in my own ignorance for years. <laughs> <laughs> why, not, why not throw a couple couple it, more nights onto that? It is bliss. <laughs> it, it is. It is bliss. Quite bliss. Oh, man. How you doing, Gertie? Gertie. Gertie she walked right in, peed on the floor. Did she? Yep, marked her territory. I get it. It's good. It's good. Don't tell less, but that's how I came in last night. <laughs> Everybody does, I guess. As you know, it's what you got to do. Yeah, apparently. I mean, dogs See? and comics, there ain't a whole lot of... Come here, kiddo. The, uh, the women's soccer. Yeah, we won 2-0. Won again today. 2-0. Avenged. Sweden beat us, uh, knocked us out of the Olympics, right? Yes. I think. Yes. So correct. Avenged. And when I looked at the the other day, when I looked at what are the favorites, just because I hadn't really done that. Right. And Sweden was like tenth or were they something like that? They Who's, were well down. Like I know France, France Germany, was two, okay. Germany three, Britain, England, and Canada are in okay. the top. Japan six has to be up there, so. right? Japan's in the top 
maybe maybe falls in there in the top twelve somewhere. Okay. Netherlands in there. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, Spain I think is in there right. in that group. This is supposed to be out of every World Cup women's World Cup played. This is supposed to be by far the best competent the best like talent the best cool. talent. Wow. Across the board. Awesome. It's awesome. been there. Well, I think it's cool what the ladies are doing, uh, putting that class action suit yeah, out there right yeah. before. And, it's making it know. happen. Well, you know, and I know you might have read it. Was I didn't realize that, you know, the, the, from what I understand, the number one thing they're, they're focused on is their coach's salary. Really? I yes. didn't know that. Because, of course, the money that they make is big, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I thought women's tennis went through that uh -huh. several years yeah. ago. Yeah. Remember, because – they they were getting all the ratings, not the men, and yeah. and there for several years, really? and the money was totally way off, off. Way off and yeah. they got it pretty equalized. Okay, and uh, one of the few sports I think that have. Yeah, and um, so I know that they're trying to do that, and they're trying to make a point for women all across the boards, but the 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 woman's coach, if I have this right, has coached their the, their team for several years and has won a world cup okay okay so she's been a coach yeah. with the women yeah. that won a world cup and she her salary right now is about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year oh, wow now the last four men's coaches who have not taken the team even to the quarterfinals right, right. have been over a million dollars a year all four of them you know and you're going, that is glaring. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that's really glaring. The most difficult part of men's versus women's is that is looking at the uh, is looking at the level of competition that they're facing. Yes. Um, that's that's the most difficult part because it's a, it's a different thing. But I think I think monetarily, from what I heard they're bringing in yes to the coffers of the u.s soccer yes they're bringing in the, the pretty the close to the same amount of money oh absolutely maybe yeah. maybe, the, maybe more more i think they are bringing in more but i i when i saw that number i'm like well you can't argue with that yeah. no matter I what mean, yes i mean in the in the sense of i mean you, you totally get it when you go women's golf men's golf well a, a woman's yeah. tournament a, a lpga tournament I mean, you got the you got the PGA Championship happening happening right now. I don't know what the purse is. It's going to be one of the largest, right? But maybe it's a million dollars, million uh -huh. and a half. Yeah, I, I'll have to look up and see. Yeah. And I mean, that's a bullshit tournament for the men. Right. I mean, yeah, ten million dollars yeah, could be the a, winner, you know, or, or five million. That's I mean, a turn. That's a tournament main, named after a subpar car. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the yes. Ford Pinto Classic. <laughs> 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 exactly. So, but legitimately, they don't get the ratings, and right, they can't right, yeah. sell the commercial time right. for the same amount of money. It's not apples and apples. Right. It's, it's not even thing. close. Yeah. And 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 I and I th I know that there's a certain amount of people that feel like, hey, you know, you should you should take a certain amount of the money that's produced on the men's side and filter it over to the women's side. Yeah, so you the know, Title IX. Not, not whether it's equal, style. but at least to where it's a little closer. Like um, they do with the NBA, WNBA. You, they do that with yeah. the, that, that, that. Gotcha. The, the WNBA is a subsidiary of the NBA. So. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. It benefits a lot from the NBA. Gotcha. I don't know that it would be in existence without the NBA. Yeah, I don't think it would be. Yeah. No. Because no, no. it certainly wouldn't have gotten through the tough right. tough times. I think it may be doing better now, but I don't yeah. know how much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. This is just a way to figure out, like, name a WNBA team. Well, Seattle Sparks, <laughs> New York Liberty. I mean, I can name a lot. I mean, I mean, but that's I'm, good because I couldn't name. There's I'm an one. exception, I guess. I mean, because I can't name all the NBA teams. Yeah, Jason yeah. is the exception. <laughs> Actually, it's the Seattle Sound LA Sparks. That's what it is. See, no, I got no. it wrong. Uh, so the first one I named. Yeah, um, nice. No, I actually, I, I it's weird because I my cousin played on the Texas Tech National Championship team that had Cheryl Swoops on Oh, it. yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. And she was – my cousin was a starting point guard on that team. Wow. Um, and so I sort of have this weird connection for years now with women's basketball at a high level because Cheryl Swoops was insane during yeah. that tournament. She just – she would just throw the ball. I mean, sometimes it just looked like she was just tossing it yeah. and it would go in. All the time, and yeah. she would she would put up fifty points regularly yeah. in that in games in that tournament. So it's one of those things when you watch somebody do something at such a high level, right? You know, and she was an anomaly. Right. I mean, it wasn't right. it was you didn't have UConn at that point in time. I don't think wasn't wasn't quite there. You Tennessee know. maybe Tennessee University of Texas maybe, yeah. but yeah. you but like still yeah. like it was. It was moving to that point. I right, think I right. think the level it's at now, much better. I, yeah, because you got Stanford and Notre Dame and and, and yeah, UConn yeah, and, and UConn. You, you've got and, two yeah, teams you got, in there yeah, that are absolutely. But it seems like there's usually about three or four that just dominate. Right. Baylor, Baylor's yeah, Baylor, one that's regularly yes, there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's but it's it's become. I mean, now in the women's game, if somebody dunks, it's not a story. Right. That's a, that's a huge thing. Right. right. That's, that's like you have line. women nonchalantly dunking the ball. Right. Because the first <laughs> that's a different world. Because the first dunk front uh, page news. Yes, was not that long ago, was it? N- no, it wasn't. I mean, I don't unless there was one that I just don't know about. Like yeah. I think one of the first dunks but was I, like Candace Parker or what, five years ago. Uh, maybe a little more than that, but yeah. not much. Yeah, less than ten. Less, than, less 10. than ten. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, too. is it the same height too? Right. Yeah, yeah. Same it's a 10-foot ten, right. basket. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Right. Absolutely. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. So, uh, that's a huge deal. But It is. It is. Well, I mean, I just I, – the whole idea that – the whole idea that a woman is working some kind of job out there, that a man's working the same exact job in the same company – and he's getting paid substantially more than her. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know how the hell can you, as an owner, can you even do that? Well, I don't, you know you know what is gets that, justified? Is and that a thing, though? It is. I, I have, I've heard, like, mixed reviews about that. Well, first of all, first of all. The 70, um, are you talking about the, the 70% on every dollar? Well, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know. I mean, I think there's been some debate about the specific numbers. I don't know that there's been – straight out debate that it's not a thing that there's not a wage gap and part of the reason the wage gap exists is because when a woman has a child she has time away from her job and she loses value in that marketplace from a pure sort of supply demand market standpoint Uh, so like there's a there's a um a country uh netherlands maybe uh no maybe finland i forget it anyway it's some some country that likes 
to eat fish pickled. Uh, probably. <laughs> Norway, I think. <laughs> it could be Norway. I think they're but, like, fish they, they elected uh, a female prime minister. They were the first yeah. country to elect a female prime minister. And they have a parental leave program where all parents are right. are given this leave when they have a child. Right, uh, right. And what that does is it evens out the marketplace because when a man has a child, he has the same sort of valuation as a woman. Whereas in America, when a woman has a child, her value goes down. As a I'm doing all these hand signals on a podcast. <laughs> very visual yeah, audio podcast. You guys will have to subscribe to uh, <laughs> to the YouTube channel for the graphics of this. Yeah. Uh, but hers goes down while a man's goes up. Right. So My. it become it becomes even greater. And I get the financial component well, of just, that. But I just remember that the numbers were, were skewed because it was across all jobs. Yeah. across all careers it wasn't they weren't they weren't specifically saying yeah well i mean two factory workers working next to each other at the same exact job title are one uh, one's a woman one's a man the woman's right. making 70 percent less but that is uh, 30 cents less and that 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 was that was like uh that was delivered in a speech it was yeah. completely off it was just off it didn't make any sense yeah but there, there have been studies that that have taken numbers and i don't know where well, it's, the it's exact, across all yeah and a lot of it has to do with like job selection career choices it's like so yes I, across all careers and jobs yeah they make substantially less but money. it's weird like you look at jobs that are specifically not much not different um right. like like that are you know high profile jobs like right. um acting Okay. You look at two actors in the same movie. Both of them are stars. Both of them are draws. Yeah. And almost guaranteed, the male actor is making far more than the female actor. Probably. Yeah. Um. There's uh, there was the big um, the big uh, reshoot because there was some sort of Me Too something that happened. It was Kevin Spacey was in that one movie. Oh. And they had the to reshoot that. his scenes with. Oh uh, yeah. It was All the Money in the World. I think was the name of the movie. Okay. And they had to reshoot his scenes with Christopher Plummer. Okay. And so Christopher Plummer reshot those scenes. In the reshoot, uh, Michelle Williams, phenomenal actress, right, star, right. she got paid like, I forget exactly what the number was, but not much money, like thousands of dollars. And right. She may have she may have gotten $100,000. I don't know if it was that much even. Right. Mark Wahlberg got a million to reshoot those scenes, and it was like, it was like, all right, guys, this is, you, you gotta you gotta have some you yeah. gotta even it out. And I get like in the, in those you're sometimes dealing How with agents. How does that even happen without a lawsuit happening? Well, well, that came once that came to be known. I mean, once that got publicized, especially in the fact that it was reshot because of a but because of a gender specific issue, yes. because of a because of a Me Too type yeah. issue. It, it like the the amplification of that incident became much bigger than taking it to court but, because yeah. but did Wahlberg didn't money? even know yeah and Wahlberg gave his money to uh to a charity a Me Too charity he didn't even know but that's but, that's uh, that's the thing but you know, is, but from, from he's a, offered that money though right like they're, they're but he was I don't blame your him. agent no, 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 cuts that deal yeah that's your what I'm agent saying though cuts that deal but it's a deal though it's not like a it's not like you're not looking but at why would her agent settle for I mean, less? Yes. Yeah. He's getting 10%. Yeah. You go, I'm sitting there as an agent. They got to reshoot. Well, guess what? I kind of have them by the balls a yeah. little bit. They right. have to reshoot yeah. unless they're going to take 
unless I'm going to say a number that they're going to take her out of the fucking yeah, movie and yeah. reshoot somebody else right. in. And and obviously, it, it, I mean, just just by logic, I would think if I was her agent, yeah, you I would go, okay, you're going to reshoot, you're going to reshoot. I want two million dollars, and they <laughs> go, well, there's no fucking way we're going to give you two. Well, what are you going to do? You going to pull her out and reshoot the whole movie? I think, for her? Well, yeah, we might. Okay. All right. Give me a number then. Yeah. Right. Like you give me. Because you know, it's always like all negotiations are based on you don't say the number first. Yeah. Right, you never right, want right, to say the right. number first. And, you know, I mean, we've all gotten in those situations <laughs> with salespeople and I've gotten into it with agents. It's like, what do you want? Well, what do you want? <laughs> well, I want a lot. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> you know? So, but, but see, to me, yeah. I mean, these are agents that are, I mean, these guys are super sharp. You know what's they interesting know but with, that, a- with that specific one? What's interesting is that I think she might have gone into it and her agent might have gone into it with like, look, we understand the gravity of why this is having to be done. And this we'll is a Me Too it. thing. We'll do yeah, it. And as they'll settle for they it. They said will, their number first. Yeah, and so that's I what think I'm saying though that, that, that that's kind of that's like that situation is far removed from like a factory worker, right? But paid. but like you get you get that all the time. You get people you get people being paid crazy different right. wages in different in different but places. But it's a different type of pay scale, right? It's like sometimes, a, yeah. Sometimes it's it's discernibly. Right. I mean, it it really happens to women in the workplace. Like if sure. you if I, you I, look I, at I, women I, in I like an office really place, see it is promotion. Right. From what I understand, yeah. you know, I didn't realize until there something came up within the past year or two on this, of how few company, large corporations and big companies in the world mm-hmm. have a woman CEO. Right. Yeah. It's like it, it's. Oh, I know what it was. Banks. Really. There wasn't one bank, I don't think, in the world, not major banking system, uh-huh. that had a female. CEO, or I believe, or CFO. I mean, that was a, it that was something glaring like that. Brings yeah. me back to that. I forget what the country is, but the Scandinavian country I was talking about that had all the women in charge. Uh-huh. Um, they had during the financial crisis. They had all but one of their banks went under. All but one of their banks suffered. Just went into crazy debt. They had to bail them out. Some of them, some of them failed, except for one that was run by women. Wow. Because they had made much more, much more measured and thoughtful right. choices. <laughs> it's a really, it was an interesting like note. I was like, huh, that's a weird thing to throw yeah. in. There. Yeah. When you take testicles out of the thought <laughs> process. Have you seen the Have you seen the show Fleabag? No. The, it, amazing show. It's a It's a British show. Six episodes a season. There's two seasons. You can binge you it so it? quickly. You can see it on Amazon Prime. Okay. They've got it's like twenty-five minute episodes, so you can it. You watch all six episodes. It's like watching a long movie. Right. right. So right. easy binge. Fleabag. Yeah, she's really funny. She's funny, but like it's dark too at the same time. Really, really good. So is it just stand up? No, no. Oh, it's no. A, it's a, it's her. She basically the premise is is she's sort of self-destructive and she's always been like she's always done all these self-destructive things and she's sort of you know going through love life and all this stuff and all of her life but at the same time her best friend has just committed suicide prior to the first episode of the of the first season and so she's also dealing with this grief and she's trying to run this cafe that her and her best friend 
open together. Oh, and so, and right. she's dealing with her family, right. and her stepmom is played by Olivia Coleman, okay. uh, who just won an Oscar. Yeah. Like, amazing show, amazing wow. show. But there's this, there's this. Um, Kristen Scott Thomas has a guest starring appearance in the second season, and she tells a story. She says, she says women are functionally built for pain. You know, a woman goes through all these hormonal changes and and, and the, right. the, her menstruation and all of these things yeah. uh, are geared for pain, childbirth, childbirth and all these things. And men are not, so they have to create their own pain. So that's why men start wars, and that's why men, yeah. men do all ah. these destructive things to create their own pain. Women don't need that pain because they've got it built into their right. infrastructure. It's such a great monologue. Huh. I, I tell my female friends, I'm like, if you want a great monologue for an older woman, you got to go transcribe that thing. Brilliant awesome. monologue. Yeah. Awesome. But it, it's very, it was so true because it is. It's, it's like we sort of yeah. just, we're like, oh, what do we want to do? You know, <laughs> where do we want to hang our testicles fuck this country neck. up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We went and saw a play last night. There's a little theater here in town that was started by a bunch of young actors. And yeah. Because here in Sarasota, we have four equity theaters, equity houses, and then really? we have five community theaters. Really? Because of the senior population yeah, that supports I guess it. so. And, but it, it was a little bit of... You know, how many times can you see Carousel redone? Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, when I saw the Tonys and saw that new Oklahoma, I cannot wait to go see yeah. fucking Oklahoma now. <laughs> yeah. uh, did I, you see that? No, I haven't because it's so hard to get somebody to go with me because there's <laughs> this snobbery around Oklahoma a little bit. I know, I know. And I'm, I want to go see it because that's the first play I ever did in school. Did you see the Tonys? I did, yeah. So you saw what they I did? I saw what they did. It's incredible yeah, yeah. I, I mean, go why don't they do that with all those old plays I know it you know yeah, really modernize Roger, them and oh, it's oh god yeah I mean when you see when I saw the Tony it deals with race and yeah it modernizes yeah, what Oklahoma is yeah, now yeah and right and of course the, the lead actress is uh, uh, she's in a wheelchair she, she can't walk and she won the Tony she's yeah. the first wow. handicapped person wow. to right. ever yeah. win a Tony wow. yeah and she's incredible yeah but but uh, uh, but you know that with the theaters here, well, this little urbanite theater they opened up. It's it, you know it's a little. I I don't even know if they can put a hundred people in there. Yeah. You know maybe sixty. It's a black box. Okay. But their whole thing was this is a theater arts town. It is. We have a world class opera. We have a world class right. symphony. We have a world class ballet. I mean they really support the arts here. So they said we're only going to do really provocative stuff interesting something that no, the stuff none of these other theaters will get near okay. for the most part all right you know break the mold a little and, bit. exactly and see if there's an audience well they sell out everything they really do. they totally and uh, we saw we saw one last night uh that was a uh um that was a play that was uh basically a, a professor in a college and a student the student's a black girl professor is an older white woman who you find out later is a lesbian. Okay. So it becomes a culture f argument and fight. Start, you know, between the two of right. them on you don't get me and I don't get you and you don't get it and you yeah. need to be doing something different and no, you don't get it as a young person. You got to play the game to get leveraged yeah. into a place so you can make changes. Changes don't just happen because you want them to happen. Right. Because and you know, even where you go, you're right. 
you're right, you're not wrong, but you have to learn to play the system right. to make shit. Right. And and the young girl's kind of like, I'm tired of that shit. Yeah. We've been trying to do that for 400 years. It ain't fucking working. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that sort of thing. What you was know? the name of it? Uh, remember? Noises Off. <laughs> noises Off? No. I think no, no, Noises Off is, is a, a farce. Is a, is a famous play. That's no, a famous farce. No, uh, <laughs> let me, that is the opposite noises. tonally to what you <laughs> what just described. The sound of noise. The noise of sound. I don't know. Because yeah. what's weird is it sounds like something that I have, e- have either seen or, I mean, that's... You may in, have. In you New York, have. there's it, there's so many plays that are these intellectual conversations. Really? Yes. And that's, it's, it's Between, a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay, let's see. They are... Niceties. Niceties. Okay, I haven't Niceties. seen it now. Okay. Uh, is what it's called. And um, so, you know, when you're... You know, you were talking about you know the 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 fact that just that sort of thing where the, where she was talking about uh, um, uh, that men that they have their pain, men have to create yeah, their pain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they dealt with a little of that last night. That's too. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I read this book uh, years ago. My mom is a was a, or was a, I don't know. If she's still licensed for it, but she was a family counselor, and she recommended this book because uh, I do a lot of writing and I I'd write plays and scripts and stuff mm-hmm. and she said this is a great study of of womanhood this is a very accurate and it's called the female brain and it's by this woman she's a neuroscientist and she talks about the chemical change in the in a girl's brain from infancy through menopause right every change they go through you know infancy toddler teenager and all the all the different chemical changes that happen and they and it's just like you're reading that and you're like I don't I can never look at a woman and not feel like sure. she is having to work with so much yeah. more you know something than that I, I understand through dealing with some things with mental illness mm-hmm. is that and this can happen with young men and women because we all go through hormonal changes right but more so with women there are there are several mental disorders uh-huh. that are stronger with women than they are with men mm-hmm. but and when you really, but they don't show up until most women, they don't show up until maybe late teens at the earliest, uh-huh. but usually it's your 20s before it's before you can diagnose it. Now, that doesn't mean it wasn't always there. Right. But the problem is they're going through so many hormonal changes, it's hard for any therapist, right. even a trained therapist, to go, that's a mental disorder. Right, to pinpoint that. When and not, it, no, it's n- yeah, just a change right, that they're going, be, a natural change yeah. they're going through. So lots of times uh, young girls can have mental disorders, and, and it can happen with guys too. Right. But the, it's a lot easier can, when it's like, well, he's he's scared to get up because of what's going on right now, and he yes. can't control it. That's why right. he doesn't want to stand up from right. his desk. Right, you right. know. But that's like the only real tough thing we deal with. Right. <laughs> You know, when you talk about the war thing, and I know I've ta- I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with this, and I've started working on it as a bit, and I've, I've played with it on stage. I've done a few things with I got I wanted to figure out uh, how much of the world was violent because it came from a thing that I saw that, that was based on the fact that because of the way the news is now, because mm-hmm. there's so much news and because 
news needs drama right. to drive ratings, right. to drive ad sales. So, so uh, there's a belief that things are a lot worse than they are mm -hmm. because of that. And and there's this there's this guy that was in some interview that was talking about. The world is safer than it's ever been. The world yeah. is healthier than it's ever been. The, the world, and he goes through all this stuff and da da da, and how we're heading in a really a pretty good direction. Uh -huh. You know, but you wouldn't know that, right? By you know by looking at what's out there. So I got curious. Is that, are, I wonder is there a number on how much of the world's violent? I mean, is there a number? Can I? Is there a study somewhere? Yeah. So I got looking around, and uh, I finally found a couple of things offshoots from going to the UN's website and right. Amnesty International and stuff. I found that, I think it was Science News or something yeah. uh, that had some numbers that I based this on, but then I just recently found this one called, I think it's called data.com, and it's out of Oxford University okay. in England, and it's based on the fact that they wanted to put out real hard data, that's just statistics that show what things really are. Right. So that people could get easy access to it. And when it comes down to violence, the uh, if you look at death, if you uh -huh. look at death, this was 2016, deaths. Okay. Um, most are disease. Right. Disease and famine. 80 million, whatever. Okay. That, that's most. The, the next line item was car accidents. Interesting. That's one and a half million. The next line item is suicide. Okay. One million. The next line item, roughly, is murder, homicide, half a million. Is this worldwide? Worldwide. Worldwide, okay. The next line item is war, Okay. quarter of a million. Yeah. Okay. Now, out of the quarter of a million war deaths, less than 10% of that had anything to do with what we would call terrorism. Yeah. Out of homicide, the largest percentage of homicides are committed by someone you know yeah someone close yeah. to you right you know so and then suicide outpaces homicide twice oh yeah twice so there's a lot of fodder right. that but what really got to me was is i go if we look at war and homicide mm -hmm. and go there is three quarters of a million people right and so i said let's parody that into for every death there's a killer yeah. So, and that's not true. There's less killers than there are deaths. Right. But say there's a killer for every death. Mm -hmm. And let's beef it up to a million. I go, right. let's say there was a go quarter of a million people that yeah. wanted to kill yeah. somebody and didn't get a chance. Yeah. Right? So let's say it's a million, let's, uh, right. even number. That's that's really padding it up there. Yeah. A million. So there's your, there's your violence. That's human on human. I am willing to kill somebody. Right. And will and did. Yeah. Okay, one million. Seven point three billion is the population. Right. So that means there the the percentage of violent people in the world is point zero zero seven. Yeah. And you go when you look at that number and you look at how much how much of a problem, how much stress that million people puts on this earth. Yeah. How does seven point three billion motherfuckers <laughs> allow yeah. that small number to even exist? That blows my mind. How do we? We our numbers are so m 
magnificently yeah. larger than that one million. Right. Like we could stomp on it like a bug. You would think if it were obvious. You would think. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm just really playing with yeah. that because I I don't think and, and I'm really trying to find out if those numbers are real. Yeah. You know, if those are really well, it's solid in, numbers. It's, it's like interesting because it's not as obvious as you, you know. I, I did. I uh, sometimes, when, you know, when all the election stuff was going on, I would sometimes go out and I would I would go to a crowd, you know, where I would go, how many people in here are, you know, scared of MS-13? And, you know, you get some applause and stuff or whatever, however they were responding. Yeah. <laughs> applause seems like a weird way to do it. But that's usually how people talk. We're terrified. And, you know, we're like, terrified. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's worse than woo. You know, that's even worse. But, you know, but I would say that. I go, how many people are scared of furniture? Because that has killed more people in um, this city yeah. than MS-13. Right. So you should be terrified to go home to your dressers. Yes. Yeah. Instead of listening to sure. people yeah. purport things that you should be afraid of. But you're right. That's fear, I, my fear and drama that's drives right. ratings that's and right. news is entertainment. You know, and you go, they've got you afraid of ISIS. Right. Your fear is Iris right. driving the yeah. SUV yeah. on, her, on her cell phone. Absolutely. That's the most dangerous thing in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Who's the most likely person to kill you? You. Yeah. You are it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know. That's the biggest danger about guns. Is yes, you? Is you? The absolutely. biggest danger. The biggest danger about violence and, and accidental death is you. You. Yeah. And but, and they sorry. have us. They. Just, I mean, the thing. The fear is so misplaced. Yeah. And and it's being used, obviously. Right. To for some financial reasons, absolutely, and yeah. uh, you know that was the other thing. And I got to find out if this is correct. But I looked up. I said, you know, as you follow the money trail, so oh, you go, yeah. okay, all right. You look Who at the violence thing. You go, who's making the guns? Who's making the bullets? Right. Who's making the bombs? Who's mm-hmm. making them? Yeah. Well, from what I found was in 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 a in just one basic Google search mm-hmm. was that the top seven uh, weapons producers mm-hmm. in the world are in America. Mm-hmm. The next three are in England, France, and Italy. Interesting. None in Asia, none in Russia, none in really? the Middle East. What about Samsung? Not, not in your top ten. Isn't, you know, isn't Samsung like a massive weapon producer? Are they? I don't know. Yeah, they don't just make TVs and cell phones. They're like... They have major contracts. Yeah, but if, if he's I only listing 10, then I would, I yeah. would say that you uh, – that wouldn't shock me. Boeing, to, yeah. Uh, because, uh, yeah, Raytheon and right. Boeing and stuff yeah. like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who produce a lot of weaponry here. Yeah, there was uh, NPR today. There was an interview about the, uh, the Iran thing. Right. And the idea of us moving to war with Iran. Mm-hmm. Right. And that already there was stock speculations. Oh, moving. yeah. Yeah. Towards Raytheon and, uh-huh. you know, on, you know, maybe that's something good to get into if yeah. we think we're heading in that direction. And yeah, you go, that's sure. sad. Some sad I know. The shit. craziness about it is that's tragedy or, or fear drives those things. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, when you know that when the uh, Challenger explosion happened, I read, right. I read this great book. It's called uh, Wisdom of Crowds. And it's it's this the thesis of it is that sometimes in order to find an answer, if you just aggregate all of the information from different people who are somehow connected to the question, uh-huh. uh, that a lot of times without if you can somehow aggregate that, 
without actually anybody getting the absolute correct answer you can sort of pinpoint the midpoint of all their answers mm -hmm. and wow. and you can do it and this literally the first example the guy gives is that they lost a ship uh and the ship had sunk somewhere in the ocean and they they asked nautical engineers they asked people who had been in, involved in the construction of these ships they asked the people who designed these ships they asked people who knew that big swath of ocean where they were going to be searching they asked all these people all these where they thought their best guess as to where this thing would have sunk right and they took each of those points and literally just dotted them along the ocean floor and they found a and pattern in the aggregate of that they came to the midpoint and i think it was a hundred yards from the midpoint where they did wow. and it w and so that was his first you know the, his first backing up of the thesis but what he said in that is that the stock market is a good aggregate of of financial thought right yes. um and he said that after the challenger explosion just from all of the people who had seen what had happened and sort of and knew anything about uh, spaceships and, and how things had been going the stocks of the people who produced the o-rings anyway the stocks right the, predicted the... what the problem was before they actually discovered it the stocks of the people wow. who produced the specific problems areas right. went down it was the it was so weird yeah, yeah. Wow. so it, it turned out to be like a clerical error right oh yeah there was some sort of because like it, was like, it wasn't built for that kind of heat something but, happened but, where the, they had, but right. engineers like reported it and then like secretaries and like people just like it just got lost in paperwork and they were like yeah we should probably look at it and then it just kind of got lost oh i mean the the tragedy of oh, how yeah. simple of a mistake it, it was, was is wow. uh, it's just it's just awful. It's insane <laughs> sure <laughs> sure but there's a lot of deaths that happen but yeah from i mean it is mistakes there's so and and impatience right just basic right. impatience and how many how much how much tragedy is from people not willing yeah. to be not really patient just a, a little patient a, a tiny, tiny bit more bit, patient just a tiny <laughs> bit yeah you know i mean yeah. it, it's it's probably amazing you never there's no way to figure that out louis ck used to have this great bit where he was like just don't do your favorite thing <laughs> he said sometimes in life just don't do your favorite thing do the other thing the next favorite thing yeah. he said that's the problem is we keep wanting to do our favorite thing always yeah he's like and that's it's not what it is it's like just just yeah just take a moment just let somebody go in front of you just do this yeah. you know yeah just be a tiny bit more patient exactly just don't that's look down amazing. at your phone while you're going across a road yeah. where yeah. cars are driving exactly i gotta pee this is good. It, it works in all scenarios. I, I remember times where I was just mad at somebody for something stupid, and I just took a second to not text them that angry yeah. message or to not make that angry phone call. And I was like, thank God. What am I even talking I have about? A, I have a big policy of if I – because I, I, I get into Facebook fights with people and stuff like that. <laughs> for fun, right? Arguments. I mean, I, I do like a good argument. So if somebody yeah. really disagrees, I'm like, all right, I'm going to engage them. You right, know? Right. Um, it's like sport. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a sport to it. I'm, I'm a big fan of a good argument. As long and I, but my thing is, I keep it civil. And sometimes, it's especially when it's on Facebook, you get somebody jumping onto it who's not civil, 
So, oh, so more yeah. often than not. Yeah. yeah. And so when that happens, my initial reaction is, and I and I do keep it civil, but my initial reaction is to say something just out of like an emotional state and right. more often than not when that is the driver of it it's less accurate right no so, for sure so what often misplaced like yeah and yeah. you sort of are being you know douchey and right. so i will always write out my answer on a document somewhere oh. Interesting. And then I will cut so and you paste it. So you can't actually just like, impulsively hit send. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, my problem is I'm afraid I'll accidentally hit. You know, send, just hit. Uh, yeah. It just post hits, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when I'm doing it on uh, a computer or something where, like, all I have to hit is return and it'll send it. Well, there's, there's this classic, this moment that happened just among, like, uh, us here. I remember a staff members were, like, they were arguing at, at the bar, right? Yeah. And, one was 100% correct in yeah. their in their anger and their frustration and this person was not at all correct like they yeah. the argument this person 100% had every right to yeah. argue against this person but then this person got frustrated grabbed a glass and threw it in the middle of the street and yeah. it was just like fuck this and walked away and i was like well you lost Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, because anybody, no what it is, anybody yeah. who's watching that has no context, like, that's what, unreasonable. That person's unreasonable. Yeah. You just lost, and like this yeah. person just won, even though it was one hundred percent incorrect in their assumptions and all that shit. Well, the interesting thing that I've found is that is that uh, there's been this really irritating political trend of demonizing the opposite. I'm working on a joke right now where it's like. When somebody disagrees with you, just don't use the word agenda. Because if you because <laughs> if you pretend somebody's got an agenda instead of that they want the same things you do but they want it a different way, right. you're suddenly making them into this large scale perpetrator right. of destruction. Yeah, like you're putting so but much on them. Don't yeah. don't say that the other side has just assume. Yeah. Because I will tell you this, 99 times out of 100, the person who has the agenda is the person saying the word agenda. Right. The person right. now, I, and I'm talking about the person giving you that word in the right. first place, which right. tends to be pundits or politicians. Exactly. This group has an agenda. This group has an agenda. Republicans in Congress have an agenda. Democrats in Congress have an agenda. Anybody in political office has an, an agenda. agenda. Otherwise, literally. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be there. Literally. Yeah. Beyond that. No. Organizations can have agendas. Right. Groups of people that you generalize probably don't. Right. Like if you're saying gay people have an agenda, white males have an agenda, right. black women have an agenda, probably not. Probably not. Pr most likely not. And nobody's that well organized. Yeah. Right? And if it's your friend Teresa who you disagree <laughs> with, she certainly doesn't have no, an agenda. She's got things. To she's do. just got a schedule, <laughs> and you're annoying when you can't say she's got an agenda. But like, there's this whole there's this whole thing about people demonizing the well, other side and demonizing. My thing is, I'm gonna be civil. I'm gonna be thoughtful. I'm gonna disagree with you wholeheartedly, and hopefully at the end, it's like, hey, we disagree. But the discourse has been civil, and I appreciate it. Right. And hopefully that's what we walk away with so that the next time you say that that group of people 
are destroying America, you'll realize that I'm in that group of people and that you're lumping me in with that. Yeah, and you're so if I can just get you to go, well, maybe he's not destroying America. That's all I want. Because you're being so short sighted by just doing that, just by pushing one person. Have you ever seen that uh, the T-shirt with the the gay agenda on it? Uh uh. It's so funny. It's like it says Monday, uh, be gay. Tuesday be super gay <laughs> Wednesday eat tacos and then it's like Thursday be really really gay and it's just it's, it's all it is it's just it's like a it's like a <laughs> like a calendar and yeah it's, it's just like it's a good troll a little which troll is t-shirt. uh yeah which is 100 percent the gay agenda <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that is it. except except that tacos <laughs> taco Tuesday. Con- yeah contrary <laughs> to the straight version of tacos which happens on a tuesday <laughs> the gays want to make taco a wednesday thing <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that that is your real threat and they are ruining yeah. america with these yeah. crazy I stuff. kid you because no gay is going to go anti-alliteration. There's no <laughs> there's no gay with any sense of lyrical uh, aplomb that would that would go against alliteration in any agenda. So that's ridiculous. It is true though. <laughs> My mom's one of the extra times like the 24-hour rule. Like if you're pissed off at somebody yeah. and you're angry, you sit for 24 hours. Yeah. Wait. If you're still angry, you probably have Absolutely. a reason to be. Yeah. Probably. Probably not, but probably. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, anger is a response. It's it's a human nature. It's human response. I get that. All yeah. that thing. Being angry at people, I mean, it, being in a relationship has taught me that angry is not... It's it's a, usually a manifestation of many things. For uh, sure. My, it pisses my girlfriend off because I'm... Uh, sometimes she'll be furious at me and I'll just start laughing and she's like and she's like why are you laughing and I'm like look I know that you couldn't be this angry at me if you didn't love me so much right I'm like right. there's no way right, that right. you could not value me right. extremely and be this angry at me that's a good point though. so it's one of these things where I'm like look I get it and it's but anger is silly it's silly it's normal. Yeah. I mean, look, so is pooping is silly, but right, right. It, I'm not saying that it's wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, but it is. It's silly. It can lead to it's wrong just, things. It's just a dumb thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a dumb thing that we do as humans. Right. We get angry. We get sad. We get happy. All of, of these things are dumb things that we do as humans. They're not right. things that we control. They're, they're things that we can have some sort of say over the gravity of them and right. the uh, nature of them, how <laughs> big it gets and right. how out of control it gets. Uh, but anger, or I mean... Uh, emotion. Yeah, emotion is just, it's just part of who we are. So to, you know... It feels like the more and more you try to control them too, it just bites you in the ass. I think I think the main thing that you got to do is like I don't know I, I'm a I'm an extreme optimist so yeah. I tend to not really hang on to anger a lot I mean I get irritated at people right, but right. that's why I like a good argument because to me it's like a verbal fist fight it's like you right. get it out of your system sure and then you move on yeah you yeah. know I and mean the difficulty with a verbal argument is in that fist fight somebody could go i just hit you hard and then walk off and you're like you never touched me yeah exactly and they're like nope i won and you're like all right well, i guess that's how weird. that works this is not how a real this is not how a real yeah. argument goes yeah because you can't you can't get blasted in the face and knocked down and be like i still won that fight. right yeah <laughs> i mean that's a real hard thing to do and <laughs> even if you do that the other person still has this sort of 
gratification. <laughs> if not, you know, if not just outright. Some serious delusional right. behavior. Yeah. yeah, delusion plays a bigger part in the verbal, right. you know, uh, the verbal fights. But, uh, yeah, it is. I think uh, deep down, though, we all know when we've been defeated. You know? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, it's weird. I want to admit it, but, yeah, I think we all know. It's, you know? it's weird with verbal stuff, especially when it comes to political stuff. Nah, nobody knows. It's just, yeah. You know, I, I feel like there's a, there's a, I think you should be self-aware. The more self-aware you are, the more you'll learn, the more, because I, I think both sides, uh, the extremes of both sides go too far. Uh, oh, yeah. but like there's even more, uh, moderate of both sides that goes too far sometimes, I think. And, you know, like, yeah. like not moderate. I think generally speaking, if you could be moderately, right. I don't think I don't I don't I think it's impossible that any one ideology has all the correct answers. That would be absurd. Yeah, that, that would just mean half of America is an idiot. And right. The right. other half of America has all the, all the right answers. But that's but that's what that's that's how it's kind of yeah. played out though. Like, I know. Well, that's how if you both listen to Bill Maher, you would like you would assume in his brain one hundred percent. Although weirdly enough, although weirdly enough, he is so misogynistic. Yeah. That, that he, he is definitely not on the good side, not on the progressive side of women's issues. No, it doesn't seem like um, it. Except uh, for like being completely uh, against like Middle Eastern cultures, like he's very uh, yeah, he's Islamophobic. A, he's, he's very well. He's he's religiophobic. He's for it's sure. more than just Islam. It's, for sure. I yeah. mean, Islam is the the uh, world's most violent religion of the of current yeah times if you're gonna if you and i'm talking and, and to but to be honest with you i mean i i i grew up religious i i still i don't know that i'm would consider myself straight out religious but i still believe in god i just right. I, you know but be, but I, I look at all that and i'm like religion's just a medium <laughs> it's just a medium for people to get power and money oh, i say if sure. you take power and money off the table Islam is not violent anymore. No, no, no. Neither because you don't have these people up above going, I'm going to get money by either creating an enemy or destroying an enemy. Right, exactly. Uh, in which case, you know, but the, by the same token, the the crusades don't happen if it wasn't exactly. for power and money. That business plan's been around forever. Yeah. It's I mean, pretty crazy. Hating religion because it's bad is like not wanting government because. Right. politics is bad you know it's yeah. like it's just a medium for people to be bad you just well that's a yeah he's a little he was a little harsh on religion oh like, yeah he's i mean he has very distinct like views you're you're an idiot if you believe in anything oh yeah like that. yeah but i know i know i mean look i live in new york city and believe me i get the i get the yeah, uh, you're an idiot idiot if you believe in, in anything religious uh all the time and I, you know, what? I, I don't blame people because we're all trying to figure it out. I mean, anybody, one of my, one of the jokes I have in my religious uh, material is I'll, uh, I say that anybody who tells you they know what happens when you die is either lying, or a zombie. <laughs> and if they are, you need to, yeah, you need to, uh, you need Step to be real it. careful. Yeah, because you don't want to kill somebody <laughs> who's just lying. Yeah, that's gonna get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you know? Yeah, killing a, killing a zombie, zombie. I feel like you could probably get through that trial, <laughs> but don't just don't just. Well, I thought he was a zombie. No, he was just a liar. What is wrong a with lying you? Piece of He's shit. just a liar with a bad complexion. He's not a zombie. <laughs> 
He just walks with a limp. He just walks with a limp. Yeah, I was about to say that. Uh, nah, that's true. I don't. I approach from the very obscure standpoint of I don't know if I care enough. Yeah. Like it's not that I don't even know if I believe in anything. I just don't know if I care. I was raised Catholic and I yeah. just didn't care. Yeah. Like there was no like, oh, Mike, Mikey doesn't believe in. No, I was like, I don't know if I care enough to believe yeah. in it. I don't know. I gotta, no, I mean, you do have to you do have to make a choice to believe in something. And, right. and, and the weird thing is, is that that life is is complex enough right. that I can't fault somebody for going. I don't I think that's BS, you know? I don't even I know. Can't if I can't fault somebody for saying that. Yeah, yeah of course. You know? And so I certainly can't fault you for going, I don't care. I don't know if I you care. Know? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, look, I. To me, weirdly enough, and I, I also joke about this, but weirdly enough, re- being religious is way easier than being atheist because I feel like oh, atheists, yeah. you need to have footnotes. <laughs> yeah. Being religious, you're like, no, the greatest guy in the universe, we're just friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we just, yeah, you know, so like that's all you got to do. I'm like, of yeah, course. Yeah. Put a pin in that. That, we'll get to that. that lends yeah. itself to no homework, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. As an atheist, I feel like you got to like draw yeah. on, you got to research articles on science. And it's based, atheism to, to me is like based off of just trying to disprove religion. That's all. Like, that's all yeah, a little bit. It's basically saying that, hey, I think there's enough science that we can prove that there is no God, which is, oh, man, I'm just like, yeah. that's just too big of a ceiling, dude. I, yeah. I just want to prove that. I mean, I got to be honest with you. If you didn't tell me, I couldn't tell you that there was hydrogen in water. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I mean, if somebody hadn't told I just accepted that. I don't yeah. know if that's true. That's how, it's, yeah. You know, it doesn't seem true the way water tastes, but, you know, I don't know how hydrogen should taste. There's a lot of that, though. Like, you know. Have you ever heard of Nate Bargatze's bit about that? I was about to say, when I was so saying genius. that, I, I thought about Bargatze. Like, are they 300 million years old, or are you just making up a number knowing I can't check that math? <laughs> <laughs> Bargatze, because weirdly enough, I have like a similar style, because it's okay, a yeah. southern. I right. mean, he, he really leans into the stupid. I sort of go, look, I'm going to look like I'm stupid, but I'm going right. to say stuff that's not clearly right. not stupid. Right. He's way better at, at sort oh, of yeah. leaning into that stupid thing, but he's so good. He's good but when it. I was saying that thing about science, I'm like, this is starting to sound like Nate Barkley's <laughs> bit. Well, it's uh, a, it's just a good bit, and like, like but yeah, like, that's the thing. How? It's like that's in my head now. Yeah, that's why it's such a good bit. It, yeah, exactly. It's because I literally think like that. Now. Yeah, you're like, wow. I'm that's like, yeah. A very I, good point. I mean, do yeah. I know that? Like, I don't know that. I don't know that. It, I think the better bit that he has in that vein is where he says. Where he talks about how little he knows that if he went back time in traveler. time, he's yeah. tra- time travel, he doesn't know if he could prove he's from the future. <laughs> like, you that know, is so great. They're going like, to have oh, cell phones man. and stuff. Like, how are they going to do like, I don't know, satellites? <laughs> What's a satellite? I shouldn't have said um, that word. <laughs> yeah, that is such a great bit. I'd be less successful than I am right now. That's so true. Uh, funny. It's funny because it's like, it's, it's like, uh, it's rooted to me, like th- those types of bits that he does are like rooted in like the self-deprecating, where you almost want to be like, okay, it's just like, right, it's like easy laugh, like hack, like, ha, me, me, but like it's it's actually like really well thought out self-deprecating. Well, the beauty the beauty of his stuff is that yeah. he self-deprecates, but in a way that's universal. Because right. a lot of comics take the opposite approach of making fun of a thing that's in front of them right. in a way that's universal, or yeah. like in like Seinfeld style, where it's right. just like, hey. Did you ever think about this? Yeah. Which is also universal, but it's right, like, right. oh, 
I, yes, of course I did. Yeah. I just never wrote it down and made it into a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why Seinfeld is such a genius because right. he's basically just standing up there and giving the id of everybody's brain yeah. this articulate yeah. uh, edifice, yeah. you know, in which to say jokes. And, and Nate, on the other hand, is just being the id of everybody's brain. Right, exactly. You know? Seinfeld's like, look, I'm the lawyer for the id. Yeah. You know, and Bargazzi is just like, nope, I'm just the id. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. And they both do it so well. So well. That it's, that's what's beautiful about comedy is you can, that's what I love about comedy is when, I think the greatest comedy is when you hear something. Uh, and Bargazzi's bit changed the way I thought about stuff like that. Um, but like Bill Burr's the best at this. When I hear something, when I hear a thesis, yeah, a setup to a joke, and I'm like, I don't agree with that. Right, right. And then he tells me the whole joke, and I think it's funny. And then at the end of it, I may not agree with it, but I will always think about the subject differently from that moment forward. Right, and that's it. Powerful. May not change my mind, right. but I will never not view yeah. it, at least in some way, in the context of how he presented he it. He skewed it in some weird He's way. He's so good at yeah. skewing yeah. a thing and making you go, you know what? He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. Now, I don't necessarily agree with his thesis still, no. but that part is not wrong. You can't, you can't like you know? 100% agree with Bill Burr, otherwise yeah. you're going to be a functioning psycho. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, There's too many fucking people in the world. Like, but yeah. yeah, kind of agree. But <laughs> no, but I mean, all of his stuff, like there's some element where you're like, well, he's sort of right. Yeah. I mean. But you can't let him be right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't run the world based <laughs> on his bits. Yeah. Oh, God, God, for, God forbid there's a, there's a <laughs> dictator. Yeah. An authoritarian leader somewhere that is just. That has just got the canon of Bill oh, Burr on his playlist like going, Kim, this is how I'm going to take over the world. Kim Jong-un is just like yeah. obsessed with Bill Burr. That would be hilarious. He's, Fuck. <laughs> he's like, we're eliminating people so I can <laughs> drive a tank through the streets. Shoot a bald, uh, eagle, shoot in a bald eagle in the face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's yeah. like that true powerful comedy, though, where it, really, it, it sticks on you. You just think about it. Yeah, and the beauty of comedy is that as funny and as great as that is, and as much as I aspire to that, I still have never watched America's Funniest Videos and not giggled. <laughs> right, exactly. And that is the dumbest comedy. Yeah, right. That is a thing that I look at and I'm like, this is so stupid. Right. But over the course of an hour episode, and I fast forward through the commentator. Cause yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah. It's uh, Carlton now. It's, oh, uh, yeah. He's doing it. Alfonso Ribeiro, is that's that his sad. name? <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. It's just like I don't care about the commentary. I just no. want to see the videos. That's and, like the uh, equivalent of like memes today, though. Like they're so like not memes necessarily, but like you know, like uh, like falling videos. Yeah, people getting hurt and stuff. Like, oh, see, I can't. That's my one thing is I'm at an. I age, can't do it either. I'm at an age where I watch people Freak falling out. videos. I'm like, I can't. I can't watch people getting hurt. Yeah, like ridiculousness. I, there's certain people. I can watch getting hurt. Hot people, it's easier. It's yeah. easier because their whole life, physics and gravity has been their chief ally. You know, has been their sidekick. Right. And then suddenly, they're, I mean, all the look wrong. on their face when all of their sidekicks betray them at once, you know? That's Shakespearean <laughs> yeah, in the so level of enjoyment I can get out of that. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> But yeah, that's, it's a, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what you get with a comic. This is yeah. all I do is think about 
things that are ridiculous in right. ways that sh I should be solving. Like if I was a scientist, I, right. I should be curing cancer. But I'm not. I'm a comedian, and I just have really deep thoughts on hot people following. <laughs> you know, that's unfortunately where that's I am so funneling true. my uh, contribution to humanity. That's so true. <laughs> they got like the sideways hat. You're like, this guy's a walking douchebag. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then he trips. You're like, oh, man, he deserves that so much.